previously on Just Cow in the City. This guy's a junkie and he's got a girlfriend? And he's being warmed up a bit, you know, sent flowers. I can guarantee you that Beanie, whatever her name is, was not getting $800 a ticket. It is nerve-wracking. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to walk out of the box office knowing I've got tickets. Open up a rice cake in the middle of class? Nobody can get anything right for Dave Juskow. Family style? What do you, I do not know what family style is. A handsome guy And you know The plans he's making His only Expertise Is making a fuss Of everything he sees He lives a life No one would ever believe And which is why They call him Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Just Cow in the City Valentine's Day edition. Hello, everybody. Hi, <laughs> know out there in podcast land. Nice to talk to everybody. Valentine's Day, not being a particularly special day. Like I said, starting tomorrow, I'm going to get it together for Valentine's Day 2024. I'm going to start looking for a date tomorrow. <laughs> Not February 15th. It's going to take a whole year to make sure next time. But you know what? This is fun. You know, tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, we'll be in the studio live at the Comedy Cellar. I asked Colin Smith to join, but he can't because he's probably on a Valentine's Day date. So uh, I guess no one will be joining, but that's all right. It's, uh, it's a good time anyway, and we always have a lot of fun, and it doesn't really matter what day it is as long as we're all together, and that's the way I like to think about it. Well, hello. Welcome to this show, Just Gow in the City. Enough about what's happening later. Well, I will tell you, my goodness, yesterday in class, I'm very upset because I made everybody watch Notting Hill they didn't really like it. And the worst part is, is that now neither do I. <laughs> you know, I guess when you watch a, a, a movie through someone else's eyes, we weren't watching it together, but they told me why they didn't like it. And I'm like, you know, you make a lot of good points. And now I hate the movie. <laughs> and they were just like, it, it keeps breaking up and they break it. It's, it's too much. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. But then I showed them like the couple of scenes that I think are go beyond and what makes it better. And I think they bought in on that. But it was a very strange day because I'll tell you what happens. And I guess we'll just open with this is that I woke up yesterday morning from a, with a text from Sir Paul Rudd who said, I would love to zoom in for your class. And I'm like, you would. So I told everybody I think it's going to happen. Now, I probably shouldn't have told everybody because it's not set in stone, but even if it was set in stone, he's been, he's got a major motion, a major Marvel motion picture coming out next week. 
The fact that he has time for us at all is a goddamn miracle. I don't think he's going to come next week. My guess it'll be the Thursday after, after the movie opens, and hopefully he'll have some time. Amy Heckerling also said she'd do it, and now I don't know what to do. I got too many people now. I got too many guests. But let me tell you the, the thrill that went through the, the room and the school when I told them that Sir Paul might be a guest speaker. They're like, oh, we got to open it up to the whole school, and my class is pissed. They're like, that's not fair. And I'm like, I agree with you, but there's nothing I can do. They want to make it a thing. And you know what? The fact of the matter is, if this actually happens, I'm going to be a living legend at that school with my eight, uh, you know, eight-week course. And then the next year, everybody's going to join. So it'll solidify my place at that school if this actually does happen. And then the questions. But I don't understand. How do you know Paul Rudd? I'm like, I told, I am old. I am older than you. I have done some things. And this is what happens if you, you know, live long enough. You meet people along the way. But that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> They're like, save so many questions. Why would a professor at this school, <laughs> this place in New Jersey, I'm like, look, kids, do you want him to speak or not? This is a lucky break for all of us. Hey, believe me, I couldn't believe he got back to me. I mean, he's busy. I mean, he's promoting a Marvel movie, the third of a trilogy. An Ant-Man. So, I mean, it's a Marvel star coming on campus to speak. That's unbelievable. And yet, here I am all very uptight about it because, you know, I just want it to happen. And then it'll be fine. The students don't care about me anymore. And now it'll all be about him. And, of course, I already have my first question available once you know we're doing it. I'm like, Paul, I'm just going to start the questioning with the most obvious one everybody's always thinking. So I'm just going to say it. Have you done anything since Clueless? Screams, I tell you, screams. That should get big laughs. And that's the good thing about Paul as well, is that he is a very cool guy. Obviously, he's like, Juskow, long time. (laughs) Hey, listen, I can't believe it as much as you guys do. You know, it's like, it's weird for me too, especially having so much money issues and things and normal people stuff in my life and then you know but i'm texting the 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 marvel superhero it's a goddamn it's unbelievable it really is unbelievable and uh it's fantastic and it's a strange life that i lead and i I don't know where it goes and the history of anybody but it's it's just a very strange existence i don't know how to handle it but very excited, excited for the kids. I'm like really excited for the kids. These are great kids. My students are terrific. I really like them a lot. And I'm I obviously I'm having a really good time. I'm, I'm upset about last week because I just don't think they care. I'm showing them Arthur this week. They're probably going to hate that too. And that's going to bother. Them. So that's what's bothering me, right? It's so ridiculous. But I don't know what I'm doing. I did come up with a final exam though. And I'm very excited about that. And I'll tell you that when I come up with it next week. I mean, I have it already, but. I'll tell you more later, just in case. I don't know. I don't want to say it yet, which, of course, who cares? Nobody cares, but uh, I just came up with it, so I want to just work it out, but that's exciting. You know, here's the final exam, and, of course, there's two weeks to do it because the spring break is in between. Spring break! Yes, I'm making the kids do homework during spring break. I'm one of those teachers. Well, there's nothing I can do. It's just our class ends, and then, you know, they have two weeks. They can do it when it's not spring break, so... And it's a very short assignment, so I don't feel like a dick. But I did tell them, I'm like, you know, I think I could 
do more. I think I could do a more intense course now that I know how things are running. Meanwhile, I got my, there was like everybody was sending stuff to this inbox that didn't exist. They're like, what do, what do you mean? You don't have an inbox. I'm like, no, I have an inbox somewhere because there's this school thing. And I'm like, I, but I don't understand. They're like, no, it's a Gmail account. I'm like, well, I have a Gmail account. So my personal account? No, no, there's a separate Gmail account. I'm like, where's there a separate Gmail account? Nobody was telling me how to get on this thing. And then I just got into it today because that's the thing. It's like, you know, I used to wake up uh, maybe go to the diner or just have coffee and do the podcast. Now, I kind of got to wake up, get the stuff online, the assignments and all that stuff, because I want them to have it as soon as possible, right? You don't want to be one of those people just give them to them on Monday. The class was yesterday. So I got to give it to them in the morning, whatever the link to watching the movie, all that kind of stuff. So I have to do that now before. I mean, big deal. You know, I don't care. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it's like I'm just used to waking up and doing the podcast and then all this stuff happens where I get frustrated because I can't get into the inbox. I open the inbox. All this stuff is there that everybody's been like, you didn't get any of our emails? I'm like, I don't know what you people are talking about. Nobody has prefaced me for anything. And then all they were like, remember I told you this, some of the students didn't submit their assignments. I'm like, what the hell is the matter with you? And they're like, yes, we did. And I opened the inbox today. I'm like, oh, yes, they did. I'm the douche. I'm the douche here. I am the old man that doesn't know how the internet works. It's very, oh my God, I'm watching the circle line go by, which is like a boat on the East River and the Hudson that takes tourists around the island. I've never seen that come up by my neighborhood before. It's just really funny. Uh, I guess my building's a tourist site. How delightful. It's packed because, because it's a beautiful day. It's 60 degrees. I open my window. And when I start the podcast today, I'm starting with what happened last week when it was 10 below. If you don't think there's something global warming, I, I don't know what to tell you. 10 below last Friday when I went out right after this podcast. Remember I told you it was girls night. I had to stop with Vince. He gave me this beautiful body of, a bottle of Chianti, and I'm very upset about it. He said it's like a $50 bottle of wine. We never drank it. And quite frankly, what is the protocol? I wanted to take it back and give it back to him. I'm afraid to call him now. He's going to like, how do you like the wine? It's still at Chloe's house. I, I should have taken it back, but, you, you know, it's that, that the Seinfeld episode where they took back the marble rye because they didn't need it. I, I don't know how to handle it, but... He's going to ask me what I thought of it, and I just left it at this girl's house. That's not cool. What is this? The marble rye? <laughs> oh, dear. I forgot to put out that, that bread they brought. We forgot to bring it in. No, I brought it in. They never put it out. Where is it? I don't know. Where'd you put it? Right over there. Well, it's gone. You stole the bread? What do you mean stole? It's my bread. They didn't eat it. Why should I leave it there? Because we brought it for them. Well, apparently, it wasn't good enough for them to surf. Is it possible they took it back? Who would bring a bread and take it back? Those people, that's who. I think they're sick. People take buses to get that rye. Maybe they forgot to put it out. They didn't forget to put it out. It's deliberate. Deliberate, I tell you. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what the proper... I, I know I should have taken it back, but I, I, I thought that... Would you know? I was with two Jewish girls, and they they would think that was not cool. I guess. I mean, they're young; they might not know protocol yet. But it would be weird to take it back. But yet, you know, because you want to bring it as a gift to somebody's house. But it, we just drank this crappy white wine all night, and we didn't get to it. And I I, I thought we were. I, I don't know why. 
I thought that was my job, bringing the wine, so I don't know. I'm just really upset about it because I don't know. I'm afraid to call Vincent. He's going to ask, how was the very expensive bottle of wine I got you? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Crap. Uh, but it was, I got to say, it was a, besides it being cold, it was, and I kind of enjoyed that it was really cold. I think it's fun to just totally bundle up and I'm ready now. You know, I got the mittens and my hat and everything, you know, so I, I tried to wear this new jacket, but I couldn't get this thing zippered up, so I just used my old one, but that's fine. I told you my torso never gets cold. It's just the extremities. So I was ready, and it was all the way out in Brooklyn, so that was fine, and then walking. It was really wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be until later at night when we left, and it was so weird. I went over to this girl's house. She got a three-year-old kid, and she hung up my jacket, and I guess she was burning a pumpkin candle, and now my jacket still smells like that stupid pumpkin candle. I almost was thinking about giving her the dry cleaning bill because it's driving me crazy that it still stinks. It's like going to a cigar bar, and you know you got to burn everything once you leave there, or a, or being in a fire pit where you got to you know even a shower doesn't help get it out of your hair or anything. It's just so gross. And I'm furious. I'm like, I'm sitting by the jacket. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is there a beehive behind me? What is happening? And then I realized what it was from. And I was pretty angry about that because, you know, that's what I do. I get angry about stuff like that. Well, we were at our house and the, and the girls came home. We just ordered a pizza and, and wine, but we never turned on the TV. I was like, well, what are we? Wait, we're not turning on the TV. <laughs> I just assumed. And we just talked on it. And I, I got to say, it was really, oh, no, we ordered Chinese food. It was delicious from someplace. It was a, it was it was a fun night. I think we had, we had a really good time. Actually, it was just the the four of the three girls and and me. It was a very nice night. I think we stayed for about I don't know five hours, eleven o'clock. Got all bundled up to go home, and one of the girls was like, "Oh, they they took Ubers because one lives in Jersey and the other one was just going back to Manhattan." And she's like, "I was like, where are you going?" She goes, "Yeah, I'm going I'm going to First Avenue and Twentieth." Uh, and I'm like, "Well." maybe she's like oh yeah you should ride with me because i was getting back on the subway and i'm like well that yeah that'd be perfect so i took her uber home with her or she was going to i guess where her boyfriend lives which is a sty town which is where my friend laura lives so i don't know if you know about sty town i think i've told you about it before it runs about four avenues or maybe is it just two avenues i don't know i think it runs like four avenues and five blocks it's a little town inside a town you know and and i didn't even know cars could drive in there so i guess i was a little drunk not too drunk but the car she dropped me off in this sty town and i just got lost because everywhere looks like my friend they all everything looks the same and it's hard to find your way out of there and as it was 10 below I just was like walking. I'm like, well, this is kind of hilarious because it's so cold and I'm lost. I'm like right where I need to be, but I can't get out of this vicious circle. I am not cycle, the circle. I keep seeming to be walking around. There's no signs to tell you where to get out. So I called my friend, Laura. I'm like, I don't want to take my hand out of my mitten to talk on the phone, but if I don't call her and I'm right next to her house, it would be like, oh, you should have called me. Meanwhile, she was like asleep because it was midnight. I was just like, well, I figured I had to call 
And I'm like, you know, maybe she was like, oh, stop by, because I would have had another glass of wine or something. But uh, she was, just, like I said, asleep. And then I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And then I was just trying to find my way out of there. It definitely took me a half hour to find First Avenue and 20th Street. And I don't, I still don't know where I was. I, it could be light outside and I still wouldn't be able to find my place. The dark definitely made it worse. I, I don't know how to explain this place to you. I mean, I, maybe I could show it to you on a map, but y- you kind of have to be in it to understand. It really is like a maze and every building looks the same. And it's not like the numbers help. It's a lovely place. If you can live there, it, well, it used to be cr- rather cheap because I think it was always like a low-income place, but then just regular people go in and very nice apartments. I've known now three people that have lived there during the time, and it's very pleasant. It's just hard to maneuver around in there, but it's really its own village. It's just hard to get out, which I guess is why it's pretty safe in there. They have security and everything. It's, it's not a horrible place to live. And then when I finally got to First Avenue, I was like, well, now what should I do? And I was like, Maybe I could walk. I'm not doing that bad, even though it's 10 below. I'm like, I feel pretty good. I'm not freezing or anything. So I walked a little bit, and I'm like, well, I was like, should I take a bike, or is it too cold for that? And then I thought how funny it would be to take a bike in 10 below weather. It's so stupid. And, of course, I could have taken a cab. I just didn't want to because I hate cabs. But I thought about it, too. And then I'm like, maybe I'll just take the bus if it comes, which is what I did. The bus showed up, and I'm like, well, if it's here, I'll just take that. And I took that home. And it was nice and cozy on the bus. So it wasn't too bad. But it was funny. I definitely, I think I could have made it home just walking. I wasn't feeling that bad. I was just, I guess I was just a little sleepy. Well, knowing also I had to work in the morning always makes me sleepier. And, you know, I, I really don't like going out on Fridays, but I guess I should go out on Fridays. Friday's a good night to go out. I just, you know, I'm kind of enjoying doing the podcast and watching a movie and doing nothing because I got to work the next day anyway. But I think I'm going out tonight, too. I think I'll just go to the bar down in the village and hang out there because there's two people coming to town. You know, I hate that. And I'm like, well, I guess I can hang out Friday. As long as they come to visit me and I don't got to do anything, I'm like, yeah, I'll just... You know, take I'll, I'll I'll get my table there. I'll just keep I, I I do enjoy when I'm at that bar and I just have friends come in and out. That is fun. So I told like three people to meet me there throughout the evening. So I guess I'll just do that. Of course, it does get pricey because then of course I'm always like, nah, put it on my tab, hey. And then I get the bill at the end. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Ugh. you know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And then I think next Friday. Well, actually, I think that girl, Chloe, uh, you know, I left the wine. I think she's actually taking me to see the Book of Mormon because her sister's in town and she wants me to go with them. So in that sense, I'm glad I didn't take that wine back. I just thought about that. too. She's like, all right, so it's all set for next Friday. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's great. It's just this something Friday nights. I'm like, oh, I can't stay in and do nothing again. No, I should be grateful. And that brings me to Saturday in the sense I'm, I You know, Saturday, I just finished work, and I'm like, all right, now I just want to watch TV and do nothing. And, of course, like three people call, like, hey, uh, I'm in town. Do you want to go out? So my friend Ron goes, and, and, and I already went to the grocery store because I was just going to make dinner. I think I made tacos again. 
And then, of course, at 7 o'clock, everybody's like, hey, are you down at the cellar tonight? Because I got friends in town. I'm like, no. And then the producer from the Judge Jerry show called. She goes, hey, I'm in town with my friends. Do you want to have a drink with us? And I'm like, no. I mean, I would, again, with maybe advance notice, which she called me and said, I'm having a girl's, do you know any comedy shows or are you performing? And I'm like, no. And she's like, I'm with my friends. But she didn't say, meet us for a drink that night. She just said she was with her friends. Why do you got to tell me last minute? Because then I probably would have gone. And I like the fact that I keep in touch with the... So So this is the thing, right? So I'm keeping in touch with the producer of the Judge Jerry show, whom I met on that day, the one day I was on the Judge Jerry show, right? We just kind of hit it off. She was really cute. She's married with a kid. But we talk... We talked before and we talk after and I like her and it, and and that is what I was trying to tell those kids yesterday. So keeping up a relationship like that is what I do. Right? I mean even though I didn't go out I was angry that she go oh, I'm still going to keep in touch with her I still like her and it's just funny that's what I do and meet somebody on one day and we hit it off forever. That's how I met Paul Rudd, right? We go out for milkshakes and we're friends forever. Do a little karaoke, get a little high. We're friends forever, right? So that's what I, that's what I'm trying to explain to those kids. Like, well, how do you, I don't understand how you know Paul Rudd? I'm like, look, you make relationships along the way, and if you live to be this particular age, in your you know 60s or 70s, and you don't have these kind of relationships upon meeting people, you've done something wrong. Now I've done something wrong in my life in general, still having. Financial issues at this age, yes. But I think what I've done the right way is the, the kind of people and the, as many people, acquaintances or friends that you have along the way, I've definitely done that one correct. That's what I try to explain to the, uh, the children is that this, this is how you, you know, I said, well, I also know, you know, a couple of stockbrokers too. You never asked me about them. You say, you know what? You know me. I, I know somebody everywhere. I know lawyers. I know stockbrokers. I know uh, entertainers. I know musicians, uh, big ones, small ones. I know actors. I know big ones, small ones. You know, I mean, I know somebody everywhere and every big because I'm old and I've been through every profession. And it's different than most people, like somebody like Sarah who only meets comics. I have done everything. I've had every job, so I know, and including the CD ones, so I know somebody everywhere. And that's what I was trying to explain to the children. When you reach a certain age and you don't have all these connections, I, mean, I don't want to call them connections because nobody's really helping, but I can help other people, and I try and put them together if somebody... Uh, is war- you know, I always ask, like, well, what kind of job are you looking for? I might know somebody, and then I try and help out. That's what I do. I just can't seem to help myself. But I'm sure that'll all come with time, although time is running out. Meanwhile, I'm sitting at home Saturday, you know, just watching TV, my favorite thing to do, I'm just hanging after eating, you know, just like, I don't know, playing a solitaire game and watching TV with the TV on, waiting for Star Trek at 11 o'clock, and I'm turning to, like, I don't know whether it's antenna TV or something. I see, what, what was the first thing on before this happened? Um, I think it was Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. And I'm just, oh, you know, so I'll watch that. 
And it was like the later seasons. So I'm like, well, I haven't seen those in a long time. You know, with Punky Brewster in the cast and the girl from Clueless, Ambular. Meanwhile, it was an episode that Cato Caitlin played the teacher, which was ironic since we were talking about him the week before in class. I was going to bring it up, and I'm like, eh, we're done with that conversation. So I'm just watching this channel, and the next thing that comes on is the facts of life, right? I'm watching the facts of life. It's season three, just season three, not season eight or nine. That's why it was so surprising. Season three. Apparently, all the girls go into New York City to see a show. I'm talking about Joe and Blair and Natalie, not Mrs. Gat, right? The th- three of them. And me- yeah, and they're going to see a show. But Tootie's not invited. I don't remember why. She might have been too young. And she ends up talking to her friend. And this is why I got confused. Well, her friend is Lauren Tom, is an Asian actress. Now, why I knew her name instantly, I don't know. But she also played Ross's girlfriend in season two of Friends that everybody hated. Julie, the character's name was because they wanted her to be with Jennifer Aniston. And then I know she does a whole bunch of voiceovers. So I, who knew she was on the Facts of Life before that? And plus, there was a girl named Tammy Lauren, who was also in this episode, who I've been following for years, because I think she still does stuff grown up. I don't know why. I just knew this. So it's Tammy Lauren and Lauren Tom, and I was getting confused. But anyway, Tootie runs away to the city to find the girls, uses her own money, takes a bus from Peekskill to New York City, and then ends up in a prostitution ring. And I'm like, now this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. The, the girls are all at this coffee shop diner, but apparently is the seediest coffee shop diner that anyone's ever been in in Manhattan, New York, since the movie Taxi Driver. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a diner where only prostitutes hang out. And how the girls don't know this, I, I don't know. And so anyway, Tootie comes in, and befriends this girl that's her exact same age with this Tammy Lauren with this fur coat. And when I talked about it on Tuesday in the Tuesday show, Mike remembered the episode. Because <laughs> I guess he's, you know, he's not from New York. So if you're not in the city, you're just like, oh my God, see how da- dangerous the city? I don't know who wrote this thing. It's got to be somebody who's never lived in New York. And Tootie comes to town, befriends this prostitute and her pimp. And the pimp is threatening... The other girl said, I want her. I want her. And she's like, nah, leave her alone. She's just a kid. I want her. You better make that happen or else. I'm like, what the hell show it? Who would write this show? How is this? This is not the facts of life. The facts of life is like Tootie running away to New York City and becoming a prostitute. That who's Who was right? Who thought this was a good? How this show lasted another five years with subject topics like, I understand you're in school and there's the episode where they buy bongs and they think they're jelly bean holders. That's hilarious. But uh, you, end, you go to New York City and the worst things happen to you, like at, right out of a movie. I don't know who thought of this. I, I got to look up who wrote that episode. But it was so fucked up. That I'm like, oh, come over my house and Tootie's going to end up in prostitution. It is hilarious. And then I guess the girls find her and Mrs. Garrett finds her and they take her away. And I don't don't know how they didn't proposition the other girls too. And and then I saw the next next episode, they end up back at that coffee. They end up back at that coffee shop in another episode 
where Blair and Joe are just going to New York to meet their old friends and then realize their old friends have changed. They end up in that same coffee shop. And you would figure in the last episode, Tootie would say, hey, don't go back there. They solicit girls for prostitution there. Then very next episode, they're back at that coffee shop again. Boy, when I woke up this morning, I had no idea I'd be spending the night in New York. I can't believe Christy has her own apartment. Hey, listen, you don't want to go anywhere with that one. Why not? She's terrific, and so is her friend, Mike. Don't you know what they are? Don't you see what's going on? Come on, kid, open your eyes. Are you okay? You're not an actress, are you? Sure I am. Come off of it, Christy. I know what you are. You work for Mike. Tony, I told you, he's just a friend of mine. I'm not that dumb. Okay. Okay? What does that mean, okay? You were going to take me to your apartment, and then what was going to happen to me? Keep your voice down. I thought you were being nice to me because you liked me. I do like you. It wasn't my idea. I owe Mike a lot. He takes care of me. Judy, just come home with me tonight. Christy, I told you Please. I'm not... Just for tonight. I promise nothing will happen to you. No. I don't want to. I can't. Please. You gotta get me off the hook with Mike. He gets so mad. I was just looking at you two and thinking what a lucky man I am to be escorting two beautiful young ladies. Mike always knows the right thing to say. You girls all set? I have to call home. Sure, just as soon as we get to Christie's place. watching that and I'm like well I am glad I stayed home for this because this is fucking classic Tootie as a prostitute this is great stuff I almost want to watch this episode in class <laughs> the sense of being like you see what we had to watch you're so lucky you grew up in a generation of Netflix and whatever you want to watch at the press of a button this is what we had to sit through because there was nothing else did you see the episode where Tootie ended up as a prostitute? <laughs> oh, but I watched because that girl, Tammy Lauren, is so pretty. She was in so much stuff. I mean, you'd know her if you see her face, but like, you know, what happened to her? I don't know. I've been looking her up recently because I think she must have been older. Like, like She's probably around my age, but I'm saying she must have done stuff older. That I, I remember I was just always like she's on a show and I'm like, wait, who is that? And it always comes up and I look her up and I check out her Wikipedia page and so I'm not sure. I gotta I gotta check it out uh, exactly what she's been in, but whatever the case may be, hilarious. Judy. And then Sunday morning it was so weird. I woke up. I guess early. You know, I just don't sleep anymore. I sleep three, four hours. And I wake up because my hours are so fakakta. 
And I wake up, I'm like, you know what? I really want to order breakfast today. And I hate that because, you know, obviously I have breakfast at work. It's killing me, uh, you know, just dietary wise. So I don't need to order breakfast on Sunday, but I'm like, God, I haven't done it in such a long time. And I'm a little hungry, but I don't know. You know, I, I, I haven't the rest of the tacos later. So why am I doing this? But I, I was, it was up, I was up by four and then around six o'clock, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go downstairs to the deli and get some coffee and get like a, a breakfast sandwich. I don't know what did it, but I went outside and it was just a gorgeous day, like a beautiful sunrise over New York city. You know, one that you just don't normally see. In fact, I think the other day on the bonus show, you'll see, I, I tried very difficult, very I tried very hard to take a picture from my window of the sunset, which was amazing. Or was it the sunrise? It must have been the sunrise. So I was talking to my, you know what? I don't remember. But I tried really hard to take it. It never works from the window. The window's all dirty and stuff, just full of uh, gook and stuff where I can't see, uh, like, the screens and my cousin Vinny. Gook stuff. Those bushes, don't forget this one over here. Anyway, it was just such a fun morning to be outside and not going to work. I mean, I was going to work, but staying at home. It was really nice. And then I ate, and then I ate it. Like, I just had like a sandwich with like a fried egg and, and lettuce. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know why I had it. And then after I finished, I'm like, why, why did I eat that? Because I usually just have like five munchkins and a cup of coffee. And that suffices me, but I guess I was just, I, I was up so early, I didn't have anything else to do. And I didn't want to do anything productive because I do that during work hours. <laughs> Personal stuff, I'm saying. That's what it's for. But it really was such a beautiful morning. It's one of those things. That's why, that's why I took this job. It's just like what I told you when I did in college. I woke up one morning, couldn't sleep. I go out. Oh my God, what a beautiful morning. I want to take an eight o'clock class. And then realizing, what have I done when I'm waking, when that alarm goes off at 5.30 in the morning? But it is nice sometimes to be out at 6.50, 7 in the morning. It is, it is a very pleasant time, even in New York. It's, it's kind of nice, obviously, taking the bike and everything. So eh, it's not the worst thing. It just, uh, I have so much trouble sleeping. It just when that alarm goes off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean, you all know. Just when it's dark outside still, that sucks. It'll be better in a few months. You're engaged? Yes. Rita and I are getting married. My God, I can't even react big enough. Here's Mrs. Garrett. What? Look, if my happiness means so little to you all that you have Charlotte Ray just standing by to crack a joke, then you really disappoint me. You know, Monday we, I've been, we've been recording the Billy Joel show on Monday, so I haven't been going out. And then Tuesday I came home to do the podcast, so this week will be different. I'm not doing any of that. So I might go out some more. And of course, I, you know, I hate not going out because then, you know, what stories do I have to go to? And I took the bus and I came home and I took off my shoes and, you know, I just uh, watched some TV. Uh, okay. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next week. The More on that. I mean, the funny thing is, what a joke. Uh, I just talked to you for a half hour about uh, what I did on Saturday, which was staying home but watching one of the greatest television shows I've ever which completely made my weekend. I'm such a crazy, crazy person. But I knew I was going out on Wednesday because it was we were going to celebrate Russ Maneev's birthday. Obviously, I got pictures of all of this on the bonus show. 
So we went out for Russ's birthday. Me, him, and David Tell. That's it. Nick couldn't make it, so now he's out. You remember, you know, we were kind enough to bring him in after Artie Lang. Uh, you know, we don't hang out with Artie anymore. Not it's nobody's fault. You know how it is. But uh, so we brought in Nick as a replacement, and then he couldn't make it. Well, you know what? Then he's out. We're gonna have to find a fourth. So if you want to start putting in submissions, uh, let us know. You only have to appear four times a year for all of our birthdays. So we went out with Russ, and Russ wanted to go to Tony DiNapoli's, which is like Carmine's, which is like a a big, huge place with family-style Italian food, and it's in Times Square, even though there's one by me. He wanted to go to the one in Times Square. I said, why do you want to go there? And I thought he said he knew the manager. He did not know the manager. He had a friend and her friends that were coming there, but they were there two hours earlier than us. But for some reason, I don't know what happened. He wanted to see them, and I can see why, because the girl was so pretty. I had met her once before. Because, in fact, I went up, up, sure, I met you at Russ's dad's funeral. Oh, that was a good time. (laughs) There's nothing funnier than that. So we went to Tony DiNapoli. Oh, but I remember I walked. I walked all the way that day. I must have walked six miles. I walked to the cellar. So I could talk to Liz, you know, about uh, scheduling stuff. But then I got nervous and I panicked. And I didn't get anything done. And then I walked up to Times Square. So that's about five miles. And then I walked home from Tony DiNapoli's. So that's got to be another mile. So I definitely walked like six miles. Thank goodness. And so we went into Tony DiNapoli's. It was totally packed at, like, I got there around 640. Totally packed. We're meeting at 7. And the, most of the reason is because the stupid Rangers, for some reason, were the, the, the hockey team, for some reason, was playing at 8 o'clock instead of 7 because all those people would have been gone. A lot of people, for some reason, want to have a huge meal before they go uh, jumping for joy and drinking at a hockey thing. That sounds horrible. But that's what people do. They'll go for steaks. They'll go for dinner. And then they'll go to the Rangers game. I'm like, nah, I need a nap after that. I'll go out to dinner after. That's what I like to do. But anyway... Because it completely like just gets not busy as soon as around 7.30 when everybody starts heading to the garden. Well, you can see all the stupid Rangers jerseys. Stupid people rooting for the stupid Rangers. Screw them. Being a Devils fan, we don't care for the Rangers. And the worst part is the Rangers fan don't care about us. They don't even think of us as Devils fans. But, you know, when we win it all again... Well, we'll teach them a lesson in respect. You know, we've won three Stanley Cups. We won three Stanley Cups since their measly one in 1994. So take that. The place was packed. And I was like, hey, where are you? Said, oh, we're in the back. I'm like, I had gone and I didn't see them. They were tucked away in the back. And so they just got a table for us in the back back, me and Atel and Russ. And we started ordering. And it's family style. This time it's real family style. I was talking to my friend Glenn yesterday. He goes, you know what? You're right. That girl didn't know what family style was. This time I know for a fact Tony DiNapoli's is staring. It's the exact opposite of what happened last week. The exact opposite. The waiter was a complete douchebag. He was just not in a good mood. He was awful. And it, it doesn't matter. And maybe it, it tells annoying anyway. So... Uh, whatever he's just not I mean can't blame him everybody in there is a douchebag anyway so anybody that goes to Tony DiNapoli is usually a tourist or something he's probably sick of it what do we we order chicken parm right we all want chicken parm so we ordered two orders of chicken parm and the guy's like no no and we're like yeah shut up and then I wanted baked ziti which I ironically already had for lunch they had baked ziti and steak and I'm like well I'm not even though I'm going out to eat I can't pass it up it's too delicious 
So I'm like, yeah, well, this is a big ziti. And Dave wanted tortellini for some reason. Nobody orders tortellini. He wants the tortellini. I don't think he knows what tortellini is. So we got two pasta dishes, and we ordered two orders of chicken parm because we all wanted that. And then I ordered the baked clams because I can't live without it. And I ate all of them. None of the guys wanted it. And then somebody told me, like, oh, did you have the baked clams? They're known for I'm like, no, I ordered them. So I didn't care. And then Dave ordered a house salad, but he's just, he's so stupid. He doesn't have restaurants. He goes, yeah, I'll get a house salad. The house salad also comes out family style, but he was just thinking he was getting a small salad. He doesn't know how restaurants work. So the waiter's just like, no, you guys don't need that much food. And we're like, shut up. We said, no, we want two orders. No, no, I'm going to bring you an order and a half. But we want two. No, no. It was the exact opposite of that fucking twat from last week that was like you didn't order enough food i mean it's so weird almost a week exactly apart and uh he's like we're like fine i mean we're just sitting there going like look we're, we're paying for it we don't care if we leave it over we know there's people starving but that's the way it is we could take it home we could give it but what do you care how much we order why do you give a shit shut the fuck up and just give us what we want. If we, once we say we get it, we know how the portions are, you should say, okay. And you can say it just like that. He brings us the portion and a half, and we look, we're like, oh, maybe he was right. Like Dave's like, oh, he's right. And I'm like, shut up. Do not give him the satisfaction of saying he was right. We knew that we knew what was going to happen, and we didn't care. I mean, financially, I care, but I. I just assumed that Tell was paying anyway because he always just does. So, but it's still I would have ordered anyway even if I was paying because you just gotta sometimes just gotta go for it. If you're there, just go for it. You can't nickel and dime once you're there. Once you've committed to going to a dinner, so we eat. It's it's delicious. I got pictures of everything again. I had all the baked clams. So I don't know how many were on there. Maybe twelve. I ate almost none of nobody wanted anything. They were delicious. And then we started eating the chicken parm. It was fantastic. Really good. A little sweet sauce actually. It was good, but there was a lot left over. And I'm like, you know, guys, not a tell because he's not normal. Russ, (laughs) we're going to have to finish this. We have to teach this guy a lesson. We are going to have to do this. So Russ is like, all right. Now, remember, Russ doesn't eat for four days. So it was an eating day for him. So I know he's up for the challenge. And I know I'm up for the challenge. And I know a tell's not going to help at all. So I just started by, I mean, it was really a whole nother, you know how like you're at a restaurant, you order a normal portion of chicken, chicken parm and usually don't even finish it. And remember, we also had pasta too. So this was pretty much an entire nother order of chicken parm I put on my plate. But I was going and they're like, come on, Jessica, you can, cause then there was still one over and I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. And I put it down. And when the waiter came over, he was like, oh, and that is the only reaction we wanted. And then he goes, how was it? I'm like, well, we could have used like a half a more order of chicken parm, and I think it would have been a perfect evening. And he was like, ha, ha, <laughs> we gave it to him good. I mean, yes, did I have diarrhea after? Sure. But was it worth it to see the look on that douchebag's face? You're damn right it was. He doesn't know what's happening afterwards. <laughs> It was totally worth Obviously, if I was going somewhere after, I was not going to do that. But I'm like, no, I'm shoveling it down to teach this guy a lesson in respect. 
when three old men say money is no object, just bring us what we want, you dumb douchebag, then you better do it. We are not tourists. We're New Yorkers. We know how it works. Because let me tell you something, Ian. Money talks and bullshit walks. Money talks and bullshit walks. So that was a very satisfying <laughs> ending to the evening, even though satisfying wouldn't be. I mean, I wasn't that full. I, I was fine, but I'm just, I'm still glad we did it. His reaction was exactly perfect. Oh, they did. Oh, fuck. I, I'm bad at my job. Yeah, you fucking jerk off. Look how angry I am at the chicken parm controversy, the chicken parm incident, <laughs> which is great. Let me ask you a question, folks. Let me just put it out there. I don't know how many podcasts you guys listen to, but I'm just going to go on record saying there's nobody that's going to tell you a story like this where you're just doing stuff, where you're making unhealthy choices to yourself at almost 60 to make a waiter look ridiculous. <laughs> I, I dare you. To tell me another, well, you know, actually, Joe Rogan sometimes, I'm like, shut up. There's no one else who's going to bring you the quality goods of a night out in the city trying to make a waiter look foolish. Now, that is what this show is all about. You know how I feel about waiters. I love them or I hate them. And there's no in between. And the ones that are rude to me, they can go fuck themselves because I'm usually play. And I can't stand when other people suck. Speaking of yesterday, again, filming on Friday, coming out on Tuesday, Valentine's Day. My friend Evan, I think I'm just done with him in the sense of that he's just, he, his dietary restrictions are ruining our credibility at any of the restaurants. He's like, can I bring my own celery sticks and carrots? They're like, no. Because, uh, you know, he's all gluten-free. everything. I'm like, look, Evan, I think this is over. We can't hang out with you anymore. You are horrible. You are no fun. It's, I told him, I said, look, knowing you don't drink anymore is fine because there's, I don't even notice you're not drinking. You, you handle it very well. But the eating thing, if you're going to sit there and say, oh, we should share some things, I'm going to tell you right now to shut the fuck up because your dietary restrictions mean we're not sharing. And this time, as you know, last time I was pissed that we were sharing they, they said again, I was with my friend Glenn again and Evan, and they go like, are we going to share? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not falling for that again. You know I don't like to share, and I pointed out how men don't like to share. Evan's sharing because he doesn't want to eat a lot. I'm not going out with him anymore, even though I will, but he's got to cool it. And then he's you know, asking the waitress, can we bring, I mean, who, can, what is she going to say? Can we bring on our own beer and celery? And I'm like, what? I, I know he's kind of trying to bait her, but I don't like it because it kind of ruins our dynamic and then it just makes us all look like dicks. He's been doing it since the day I met him, so I'm used to it. Now he's not even doing it for flirtatious reasons, you know? Like, uh, So now he's just, I, I don't know what has gotten into him, but I just try and be polite, actually. I know it doesn't sound that way, but I really just don't want any trouble from the waiters and waitresses. I know they're you know, sometimes overworked or whatever. Anyway, the point is that after class yesterday, after the big, you know, news that the campus was buzzing with, that Sir Paul might be speaking on the campus, 
uh, we went to another place, and I've been enjoying going to these different places, not only in Montclair, but in the outsides of Montclair. So Evan mentioned, I want to go back to that Tierney's with those burgers that take two hours to make. But um, they said it was going to be really crowded because Glenn wanted to see a guy in a band. Evan mentioned a place called Blue 42. I had never heard of it. But then I was like, you know, it's kind of fun going to a different place every week. It's, that's been a, a, a kind of a fun thing. And that's when he goes, they have good wings there. And I'm like, well, I really don't want to eat wings. So I was in a suit yesterday because it was laundry day. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound right, but my jeans were in the laundry. So I wore my suit, my professor suit. And it was funny yesterday. I was wearing a suit and I was wearing a, a, a good adult jacket, not my usual just warm jacket. I looked like a college professor yesterday walking around and I ran into some of the kids before class and hi, professor. Hello, children. <laughs> oh, I love seeing those kids. They're really terrific. So this time they send me on like, you know, like I, I, it looks like I'm going to go on Route 80. Remember, I was upset about going to the parkway. I'm like, where are we headed? He's like, no, it's on your way home. But he was like kind of wrong because on my way home, if I lived, I, I don't know, in the Bronx, I guess I ended up taking the George Washington Bridge home. You know, I like taking the Lincoln Tunnel home. I know you don't know how it works, but I'm just saying. That seems pretty far. Uh, so I, I don't know how he thought it was on the way home. But anyway, you go to this place, and it's right off this Route 80, which I think Route 80 like goes all the way to middle America. It definitely goes through Pennsylvania, and then I think it, I think it only stops, like, I don't know, Mississippi, and it goes to the George Washington Bridge. So it's called Blue 42 because it's a it's at Green Bay Packers Bar right near Giant Stadium. It's a complete insult to anybody that you know lives in New Jersey. And the funny thing is they have a giant size picture of Aaron Rodgers there. He is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers if you don't know. And there is mucho talk of him coming to the New York Jets, which would be fantastic. So I said to my friends I was there with, I said, what do you think they're going to do with that picture if he comes to the Jets? If he's playing down the street, do you leave it up? Or because it's a Packers bar, do you take it down? So after the meal, I went over to the manager. I said, uh, what are you going to do with that picture <laughs> if he goes to the Jets? Now, normally, I mean, if he left Green Bay, they, they would take it down. but Or maybe keep it up forever, but... If he retires. But if he goes to the Jets, you have a conundrum because he's playing right down the road and he's still a living legend in Packer history and he won a Super Bowl for you. So do you keep it up? And the guy goes, oh, my God, some guy asked that exact question yesterday. I'm like, well, I, I assume they would. And he goes, uh, we haven't decided, but we don't think he's going to the Jets. And I'm like, what? You think he's going to the Raiders? No, we think he's either going to play for the Packers or retire. And then I got depressed about that because I was really excited about him possibly coming to the Jets. I don't know whether you heard yesterday. You probably haven't, but two of the Jets got into the Hall of Fame yesterday in the Football Hall of Fame, which is a miracle because, you know, the Jets stink. And then two of them won, like, uh, MVP of uh, the Defensive Player of the Year and the Offensive Player of the Year or Rookie, something, whatever it was. So it was a big Jets night in the NFL, which never happens. 
And that's so if they won best offensive player, best defensive player, it means the Jets are already, they just need somebody competent to throw the ball. I know you don't care about the sports talk, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I'm a little obsessed with it. And if Aaron Rodgers came here, I think it would be very exciting. And I would want that picture up if I went to a bar that was five minutes away from the Meadowlands, even though he's not playing for the Packers anymore. What's the difference? The Jets and the Packers don't have any rivalry. So who cares? Meanwhile, let me tell you about this place. So I didn't run. When they said they had wings, I'm like, whatever. Well, this is a special place, and I need to go back because I didn't do it the right way. I didn't have my glasses. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you what. Apparently, this place, although very weird in the sense that they were playing BPM music, uh, like loud, nobody was there. I mean, it's, it's not a dance club. It's a sports bar, and they're playing boom, 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 boom. Very strange, but very enjoyable. So what they have is about 100 sauces for wings. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. A hundred. They have over 100. I, I thought somebody said 142, but that can't be right. So the menu's so small. The, the typeface is so small because they have all the sauce listed. I left my glass in the car. couldn't see. It's just too small. I mean, I could see a little, but it was taking more time. It would have been better with the race. So then I just said to the waitress because... The, 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 I was under pressure. So, you know, they give eight, you get eight wings, which, of course, and, and it's like, what is it? Was it 14 bucks? That's not that bad. We know the, the 16 wings at the other place is more or something. I don't know, whatever. So I knew I was getting 16 wings. But she goes, you know, you can do four, 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 and four. And I'm like, well, that's fantastic because then I can try all these different sauces. So ironically, I got buffalo because I wanted to try, and that was the worst one, which is fine. I'm not going there for the buffalo. I'm going there to try the different sauces, and that is the fun. And I have the menu for the bonus show. So I said, well, what do you think I should get? She goes, well, the most popular is the boom boom. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? And I, I don't remember which. And I apologize. I don't know. So there was a, I think I got the chili chili boom boom. I got the Michelle. I don't know why it's called that, but it's barbecue sriracha and roasted garlic. I got the OMG sauce, which is Parmesan, peppercorn, and buffalo. And I can't remember if I got the Dracula, which is a creamy creamy garlic sauce. They also have a peanut butter and jelly sauce. I mean, and and that's why they they couldn't let, he's like, do you have carrots and celery? And she's like, shut up. But the reason why they don't have carrots and celery is because they have no room in their refrigerator because they carry all these sauces. And then we're figuring there must be sauces, like the peanut butter and jelly. Who's ordering that? On a wing, gross. So they're probably like, oh, that's just a joke. Because I don't know how they can actually house 142 sauces or whatever they have. But wait till you see this menu. We'll look at it together on the bonus show. The bonus show might be 30 minutes so we can go over everything. But no, I'll just point it and you can pause it and look at the the menu. It was, it was fantastic. So the 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 three of those ones that weren't, but, and I ate them in succession. Like I, I, I didn't go back and forth. I chose that night to go, you know, the the four boom boom first, then the oh my god sauce second. You know, I just went four 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 and four instead of mixing and matching because I want. I don't know which was because I wanted to get the full flavor of all of them because they were very good. So I was having a, a good time enjoying the thing. Obviously, I took pictures, so you'll be able to see everything. But don't you love a place that has a gimmick like that? The waitress was very nice. 
you know, she she's dealing with people that can't decide on sauces all the time, so I guess she's used to it. Don't you love a place with a gimmick like that? It's great. And, you know, being a, a wing connoisseur, I love that they, you know, you were able to do four and four and four and four because, you know, the other place hates that. And usually, you know, it seems bad for, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they have all those going where they can even do that. I Actually, I'd like to know more information. I would actually like to do a piece on that bar. But I guess Blue 42, we're trying to figure out what it means. I guess it's a football call. And that's why it's called that. I don't know. Uh, there's also a thing on YouTube where these Asian guys go in there and try some of the sauces so you can actually watch it. They have a video of the place. I was looking because I was trying to look up the menu so I could just see because I, I didn't think I'd be able to read it on my phone yet until it's, you know, until I get it on my computer where I can really see it. But it was fun. It was entertaining at the very least. But I wish I had also gotten nachos because when I got home, I was thinking of actually stopping for a Mexican pizza. I know. I know. But I was just like, well, it's kind of funny, but I really needed dessert again. You know, I just I was like, shit, I got to balance. You know, I mean, always need like an ice cream bar or something after wings. It's so salty and hot. So I was just dying. But I, you know, I went home. I parked the car and, you know, I usually like to stop at gas stations and get stuff, but there was nothing on the way, which is why I was angry again. You say, go on Route 3, I can stop somewhere. But I had to open my hood every time I left somewhere and put in some more. Now it's really leaking. <laughs> I know I got to get a fix. I went down to my mom's yesterday, too, and I'm like, uh-oh. I'm going too far. I'm getting very nervous. So far, so good. I just don't have time until... I finished with the class, but that's in a couple of weeks anyway, so I'll get it figured out. I'm just nervous it's going to be a big blowout, but I'll just keep adding in power steering fluid. It works fine once I fill it up for one drive, and then when I park it, I got to open up the hood again. It's funny leaving somewhere every time, especially being in a jacket and a suit and then filling it up with power steering fluid before I leave. And I got fortunate that everywhere I parked, I was in front of a huge light, so I wasn't like in the dark somewhere while I was doing it, which is scary. Oh, and but here's the problem with this place, Blue 42. So we're splitting the bill four ways. We're leaving a tip. We're like, oh, we'll leave $10 a piece. And then finally our, our other friend who was there, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry. Mike? Anyway, he noticed, hey, they added on the gratuity already, which we all hate not just us at the place you guys must hate that too they add on a gratuity for four people and say we see that when it's six people or more they added on the gratuity so we all canceled out our ten dollars and she would have made more money because we were leaving over 20 percent if they didn't add on the gratuity she would have made more money and of course the gratuity was secret if he hadn't checked the bill it wasn't stated on the menu she didn't mention it and then she would have gotten triple the money and that just pisses everybody off i mean that is just the worst thing you could do evan paid cash so he got screwed uh giving a tip because we hadn't no heard about the gratuity if this guy hadn't seen the check we all would have been scammed uh and that's that's not cool man there's no reason to add on a gratuity and not tell anybody Remember, you should you got to always check your bill. Even 
I know it's difficult sometimes on a date. I mean, if they give if they put on an automatic gratuity for two people, if you're on a date, then that's that's a place you never. Which remember they did to me at that atomic. Uh, what was that? Uh, fucking anchor bar, right? Where they invented the wing on 57th Street. Me and Memo, they added on a gratuity. I'm like, you. Uh, th- then I called the manager. You added on a gratuity for two fucking people. Oh man, was I pissed about that? But this was bad too. Just four people, no information. If it is on the menu. It must be in real small print. And the waitress, really, if you're going to add on, they got to say something. Hey, this place, that's not fair. That's a scam. I can't imagine anybody's okay with that that's listening to this. That's the worst thing that they do. So, yeah, we... Sorry, I'm thinking about it now. I'm so angry. If he didn't catch that, I would have been... Well, I, I guess I never would have known... But sometimes I take the bill home to look at it later or to show you guys on the podcast, and I didn't take the bill. But if I had and I had seen that, I, oh, boy. I actually might have sent that into, I don't know, one of those news programs. Look at this fucking place. They don't tell you that. Oh, but they probably got it some loophole where they go, well, what are you talking about? We have it on the menu right here at the bottom, the very bottom in the smallest print anybody's ever read. That's the worst. I went to the diner today. So it wouldn't resist. So I'd coffee up, ready to go, a little eggs Benedict action, even though I'm totally full. Dave, 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 why do you have diarrhea all the time? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, how many wings? Yeah, I had 16 wings last night. I was thinking about getting a Mexican pizza after, you know, and then, uh, you know, then some chocolate milk. And then, uh, yeah, I ate that extra portion of chicken parm. And then, was, you know, I also had it at work the, uh, that night before. I don't understand why I have diarrhea. Oh, how can that be? What's that? Oh, what? <laughs> I have the worst diet ever. I mean, I should be dead. And I'm not, and I don't know. It's like some sort of cruel joke. Oh, you must be Linda's father. Yeah, it's kind of late. Although I wasn't sleeping myself. Oh, nice to meet you, Arthur. Yeah, hi, hi. Hi, Linda. Can I come in? Don't you hate Perry's wife? Just really quickly, um, I don't know whether we talked about this before. I was just telling the kids, because I'm showing them Arthur this week, Arthur the movie. And I said, you know, in in relevancy, the composer of our favorite song that we play on this podcast all the time, the theme from Arthur, Best That You Can Do, and I play on the piano, was written by Burt Bacharach, who just died yesterday at 94. (laughs) Seemed like he lived a pretty good life. He did get to marry Angie Dickinson, so that would be all of our father's dreams. So I guess he did okay for himself, and he... Got to be an Austin power, so I was telling the kid this because it's, you know, they want to make it seem a little bit relevant. I told them that Dudley Moore got nominated for Best Actor, the screenplay got nominated for Best Screenplay, and the Butler won for Best Supporting Actor. So I'm trying to make it like, look, it's not just me. People really like this movie. Notting Hill's just me. But this guy, this Burt Parker, I never liked any of his songs. They're too slow and sad for me. But you know, we love the Sarther one. You know we do. It's fantastic. Kate, uh, Catalina loves it <laughs> after just watching the movie. I love playing it. I love playing it while I'm going over the George Washington Bridge with the big moon. Now my friend Laura likes it. Everybody likes it when they hear it. I'm hoping the kids will like it too. But he also wrote that song. <laughs> for, you know, they, they used it as an AIDS anthem, which is, that's what friends are for, of course. And I always like it, and it's in my head all the time. 
because it's from this movie. What are we really talking about here? Huh? What's the essence of what we're talking about? I'll spell it out for you if I have to. Prostitution. Hmm? What, what is it? What is it? Prostitution. Hey, we can say it. We're big kids now, right? You know, a lot of times it'll help you to understand a word if you break it down. So let's do that now, shall we? Pros doesn't mean anything. Forget about that. Tit. I think we all know what that means. Two. Okay, two. Tit. And shun, of course, from the um, Latin to. Shun, to say no, uh-uh, thank you anyway, I don't want it, to push away, doesn't even belong in this word, really, so let's get rid of that. You know, um, if I can take a moment here, uh, and I mean this, what I'm about to say, I feel a lot of love in this room. I don't know, maybe it's me, but I'll tell you something, I was here a minute ago, and uh, it was really beautiful. So at this moment, I think it's important that I see all of your breasts. Or I don't have to. I don't see the breasts. That's right. Night shift. A little night shift. A little Michael Keaton, Henry Winkler action. And that was the theme They that Rod Stewart sings. That's what Friends are for. And the the favorite with the, they, where they jazz it up. Like uh, like the, we played that Bond theme. But it's a... Where the fuck is 4K? What? Excuse me, I didn't know you was deaf. 4K! I'm 4K, is that my dinner? You do it at what you want. It's five bucks. I already added in my tip. How thoughtful. Excuse me, there's mustard on this sandwich. So? So, it's egg salad. Give me the sandwich. Happy now? I would like a whole new sandwich. Listen to me. You listen to me. Take it easy. You listen to me. I will never again eat a sandwich I did not order. I am sick and tired of being afraid. Bad jobs, bad sandwiches, neurotic girlfriends, no longer for this man. Do you understand? You! Go home! And you, go clean off my door. So I always think of that sometimes, that that version, the more jazzed up version of That's What Friends Are For. And of course, I guess if that movie came out in 82, I guess they used it for AIDS in, I, I don't know, 85, 86. I can't remember with Dionne Warwick, of course, his favorite muse, I suppose, and Elton John. And I don't remember who else was involved, but he wrote that song 
of course, he wrote that stupid raindrops are falling on my head. I, I, it's, these are songs I grew up on that I hated. They were just sad and depressing and never, you know, I did me some talking to the sun, but that doesn't mean I'm like, shut up. I had it on, I, you know, I had to play it on the piano when I was growing up. I always thought it was a stupid song. And then he had other, you know, like that Alfie and Say a Little Prayer. Those, those were okay. They're just not for me. You know me. I like uh, rock and roll, but I mean, I love that Arthur song. So then you get to play with Elvis Costello in Austin Powers, which is pretty goddamn cool. I mean, I had respect for the guy. I just didn't care for his music. It wasn't for me, but those were from a different era. Those sad songs, you know, we, we leave that to, uh, who's that guy who writes the sad songs of, uh, did the Rainbow Connection? Who the, Paul Williams. <laughs> that guy hasn't written a happy song. In over 60 years, <laughs> you watch that documentary, it's fucking class. You're like, oh my God, you're right. He's never written an uplifting song. Oh my God, because he's so depressed and ain't, well, of course he's, he's tiny. Meanwhile, he parlayed that into quite a fortune and who doesn't love the rainbow connection? No one. Chuck, here you go. Microwave clothing. Listen to this. Yeah. That way you can stay warm yeah. and bake a potato when you're baking. <laughs> I think you can do better than that. Yeah. Okay. Bake potato. I can't, right? I can kill for baked potato. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Never thought I'd be this way. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad I've got a chance to say that I do believe. Anyway, folks, that is our show for Valentine's Day. It wasn't a very Valentine's-themed show in any way. Uh, we didn't really talk about love and romance. We basically talk, talked about a 13-year-old girl getting into prostitution on television and um, a, a bunch of things that will never get you laid, which are eating 16 wings with different sauces uh, in, a, in a jacket and tie. So, although, why wouldn't that get you? Oh, anyway... That is uh, the show for this week. Don't forget to watch the Tuesday show. This week on Billy Joel, we have our River of Dreams album wrap-up, part one. Yeah, everybody hates it, but look, there's just too much to talk about. We got Paul Lauren playing some of the songs, and you know how fantastic that is if you are listening to the show. So that's terrific. And um, that's pretty much it, I guess. I'll keep you posted on everything that's going on in the world of Just Gale in the City. And until next week on February 21st, it's easy to know when the dates are because they go in sevens, 7, 14, 21, and 28th. That is our schedule for the month of February in Just Go in the City Land. We'll see you next week. Everybody have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Good night. Remember, keep smiling.